So, hi everyone and welcome to the Imprint Podcast. Today we are here with Mariam from Solomon. Hey Mariam, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been long overdue, let's be real, but we are finally here and thank you for your patience. <laughs> so, let's get to it. So, can you tell everybody who you are and what you do? So, my name is Miriam Cordova. I'm a, I'm a Spanish designer. Um, among other things, right now, I'm a, I'm a senior color designer for Salomon, uh, specifically for the sports style part. So, I pretty much do sneakers <laughs> all day long. Um, and uh, yeah, well, um, I can tell you a little bit where I come from, maybe if you want. Absolutely. People got to get. Um, <laughs> so I come uh, I come from Madrid, uh, uh, from Spain, Madrid, and uh, I come from a humble family, from a workers' um, neighborhood, and uh, pretty much uh, I all my life I wanted to be kind of an artist or or a designer, and uh, with a lot of work and patience, uh, here I am right now. I mean, it's it's a nice journey that I've been able to witness over the past two years. So. <laughs> You know, don't don't be so shy about it. We're here to celebrate that achievement, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, yeah. So, okay. So you mentioned in your FFF that sneakers were a belated love to you. Can you tell us how you, you know, came to love so late, as it were? Yeah, well, I as I mentioned, uh, I I grew up in a in a humble family, so fashion or style or brands or that was not on the scope. So the main idea was having the stubbornness, the most stubborn shoes to to be able to pass to all the siblings. Um, so pretty much the sneakers were out of the scope. We used to wear like chunky leather shoes with these thick outsole. Um, we even did sports for a long time with those shoes when I can tell you they're not performance at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it was it was really funny kind of like having all my my colleagues around the school with the sneakers and, and then my shoes were like the chunky leather ones. But to me, it was nothing weird. It's just that they were my shoes and the, I totally accept them. Yeah. And then when I was uh, more of a teenager, uh, I understood the importance of like footwear and accessories to tell your own story because I was kind of a punk at the time. Okay. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I have that on me as well. Yeah. And um, the style, like if you wanted to have the style at the time, you had to wear this Adidas Goodyear, a very 2000s, very sleek uh, on black. And I remember for Christmas, I asked for them and... I got kind of a similar shoe, but they were not the ones. Yeah. And I remember myself being really upset about it because it was not the one for the style. And at that time, I understood how important it was to like have having the right element to tell your story. Yeah. Um, and ever since, kind of, I understood what was like for me, and and then sneakers became something very important. And now working working on the in the industry i've come to see how like how people really take the product and really make them their self and they use them to to tell something very specific about their outfit or their mood or even to to make a political statement um so definitely it, it came late but it has it has become one of my biggest loves in life well as the saying goes better late than never right so <laughs> yeah 
And obviously with with your your career and your your job title, you get to make those impressions with the color design work that you do and storytelling. So, you know, that must be a really big achievement and relief for you at the same time. <laughs> yes, it is, it is indeed. <laughs> okay, so now let's look into your career journey. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you started and tell us where you, how you got to where you are today. I started in Madrid, so I went to university there. At the time I started, there were not uh, careers specifically for design. In fact, it was the first year where the public university had a, a degree for design. Okay. It was a mix of everything, you know, it was a mix of art, design, interior, architecture. So I pretty much did everything uh, on those years. Um, which was fun. Uh, after that, I I went to to Paris because I felt that uh, in in Spain was was not going to be possible to to make a career out of it. So I went to Paris, and I did a master over there in a really small school. Uh, I sent them my portfolio, and I don't know how I managed them to get me because at the time I didn't speak French or English or anything. <laughs> Uh, but they got me and then I did a master there uh, nothing oriented to fashion or or footwear or it was pretty much graphic design so I for a long time I did the websites advertising posters I did illustrations too uh, I have a couple of uh, of covers cover for four books random um, and then I moved to Germany my couple at the time he was already working for Adidas and one day he came in, he said, yeah, we're going to Nuremberg. And I was like, where the fuck is Nuremberg? Why are you talking about? What? And I was like, ah, whatever, I'm freelance. So I have my, cl- my small clients here and there. So yeah, we know, let's go. And when, while I was there, um, at some point, I really needed to meet people. And so I say, okay, let's try to get into Adidas. And I remember my first job, I started like in 2016. And I was as a... Uh, merchandiser assistant so pretty much i copy and paste information from an excel file all day long yeah um but i took the chance to give my portfolio and my cv to every single designer that i could meet in any moment and at some point uh i got uh, the head of color uh, at the time in in adidas and uh, she told me look i have this position about uh cmf design I said, like, what is, what is the CMF? I, I pretend, I kind of pretend that I like, oh yes, sure, sure. I can, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. And that's how I got into sneakers. Um, kind of my whole career is a bit of combination of hard work and people really believing in me. I don't know for what reason. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I got very lucky and Angela gave me that opportunity and then I got I got into the Neo core team at the time it was called Neo it was kind of the Adidas entry uh, price point range yes I remember it very well I used to work for Adidas retail so I do remember it very well (laughs) so it was at the time it was super small no one believed on that I was like yeah whatever do your cheap shoes for the mass and, and that was fine and uh, slowly, slowly, we start to grow and grow and grow. And at some point, uh, we had like a huge range and we were like kind of the 50% of the income of Adidas. And at some point, it was like crazy. Um, but 
the team was amazing and my colleagues they were like we were kind of like small family because we were working from the containers they were prefabricated containers on the headquarters you have this big building and then we were like on those small containers um but yeah and and after that i moved to to heartbeat sports is another business unit and they do more like a technical sport they do weightlifting rugby um volleyball tennis and uh it is a very interesting view because the 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 old like the longest uh designer the, the designers that have been working there for the longer yeah uh they are there all concentrated i don't know why uh and then i i i came to to meet another world of designers extremely experienced extremely talented and then i learned everything about technical design rules or why cannot you put this mesh in here because it will definitely break yeah um and I stood there, how long? Two, one year and a half. Mm -hmm. And then Salomon called me one day and they were like, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I was like, doing good. What do, you want? what do you have for me? And then they proposed me this uh, position as a senior uh, color designer. Um, and I said, yes, I, I actually, I really like living in France and, and ANSI is a very nice place yeah so here i am i moved and then we were locked down so pretty much met all my colleagues through through teams yeah. <laughs> through skype uh and uh it's been two years now absolutely love the team absolutely love the product is is a very good combination of, of very technical design because the products are stupidly technical like more performance that they should be for when they are but uh, I like the challenge and, and the combination between between this technicality and also the, the point of view, the fashion point of view that we are giving them now. Well, I mean, that is an impressive journey, I must say. And I, <laughs> and I like the fact that you basically went out there with your portfolio from university for your master's to in-house at Addy. Just like, yep, yeah, let's go, take a look. And then, <laughs> I mean, you're here, so. <laughs> amazing <laughs> so basically take note guys there's many ways to do this thing many ways just believe in yourself yeah. <laughs> exactly okay so last year you created some color schemes for palace gates which was one of the amazing collaborations that you've done can you tell us about the process and how that started from start to finish it is. Uh, it was a, a very fun project. In in the case of Palace, they had a very precise idea of what they wanted. Uh, so creatively, it was not such a exchange of of, of ideas. But I was more onto the technical part. Yeah. Um, it became it became a really complex project because the way the the XTCX is constructed is built is like super flat with uh, this mesh, and then we have a TP on top. So it's, it's quite hard to do prints or to do anything that is not already on the process of, of, of building the shoe. And then Palace came with, uh, I don't know, 100 colors. They they did like, I remember they were like six or five or six colorways. Uh, they came with a whole of uh, a huge poster and they were prints and colors in every way. Silver, reflective, metallic. And I was like... <laughs> 
I, I didn't. So if you, if I took that paper and I had to take it to the factory and say, I really want you to be this way, yeah. they would have looked at me like, you crazy woman. We cannot do that. So my, my role was pretty much like, okay, let's try to make sense and see how we can industrialize this. Um, and then they were super open. I, I proposed some retouches to make it more and more, more coherent, the, the whole color. Um, and they were like super open, very, very trusty. And, uh, and it was super fluid, super fun to work with them though. I mean, from the images that I saw and the, the campaign, I mean, they looked absolutely amazing. So, and, and I'm, I'm sure there's more to come with you working with that brand in the future. Obviously we can't <laughs> share anything with you. So I don't even know. So there you go. <laughs> Just have to wait and see. <laughs> okay. So going back to the FFF, you mentioned you faced some struggles with not having support with the chosen career path that you wanted to take um, and then moving to a new country. Can you share that with us? Yeah. Um... It was a bit of a complicated time. I'm the the oldest of three siblings, first of my family to leave my hometown. Actually, my neighborhood uh, is very rare in my family. If you go like out of the neighborhood, is you you're a bit like borderline. Yeah. Uh, and when I moved at first, uh, my family was there. Yeah, okay, you move, you you go for six months, you have fun, you feel free, and then you come back. Yeah. <laughs> And at some point I, I said, uh, listen, and this was the point that the part that hurt me the most because I, I told them, listen, I'm like working as a waitress, uh, like 20 hours on the weekend. Um, then I'm, I'm, I'm able to pay my studies. My home is, is a very humble living, but Hey, I'm, I'm getting with it. And they were like, no, no, it's impossible. You cannot do that. Uh, and and at some they at that point, all, the only thing I wanted was like a bit of, yes, go, my child, you can do it. And what I got was like, no, you can absolutely not do it. And it was the first time in my life that my family were not behind me. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was in another country. I didn't speak the language. I was doing a very small income in Paris, which is a very expensive city. Oh, I know. <laughs> so I kind of, I, I, it was kind of a point of my life. And also I was very young. I was like only 21. And, and I was at a point where I didn't really belong where I was and I hadn't like a place to go back. So I was like, if I really messed up this thing of being a designer, it's going to be fucked up because I want to have to go back and like swallow all my pride. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a kind of complex time, but I think because I was so busy and I was like working so much, I didn't have so much time to think about it. Uh, you just cry a little, then take off the yeah <laughs> the tears, and then you be like, okay, I have another shift to go. And <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I, I mean, right now is everything is is fine. They like I had also friends at the time, and and I had a very good community of um, expats. And we all were on the kind of the same situation. So we were like, oh, life is so complex. And then you were like, okay, let's go to get drunk. That's it. Well, yeah. You had the support there. Even So again, I would say that's more of your extended family. So it is a tricky one with families, you know, but no doubt that they are supporting you now with your career choices. And I mean, you are where you are now because you took those risks, right? 
Yeah, I, I understand. It was hard at the time. Also, I, I asked a lot emotionally from them. I was like, bye, I'm going to do my life. And, and I know for them, they was like, what? <laughs> but now it's now we absolutely understand. And it's all love now. Let's see, there you go. There's a resolution at the end of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to also ask you, obviously with the pandemic, how did that affect your work aesthetic and your mental health during that time? Oh, uh, well, that's a very good question. Um, and I think we, we don't speak enough about mental health regarding all that. Yeah. Um, Work-wise, it was a very weird time because uh, I just arrived to Salamont and I remember I worked for one week and a half in the office mm -hmm. and you met everyone like hi 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 and yeah. then I, we just got locked down like literally my all my my stuff was delivered to my house the day the president was like bonjour go home and stay there for I don't know how long and you was like my god um so I remember like having meetings and and with everyone and no one knew what to do mm -hmm. uh, but kind of it gave us gave us more time to to settle down and to to take time to like a bit of like I felt that I had more time to to research and to to process. Um, also, we became more efficient. Like meetings were like okay, done, and and work was kind of more fluid. Um, honestly, I I I think that the lockdown, from a point of view of mental health, it was also very good for me because I learned how to slow down, stop, take time. And I remember, I, I'm very lucky to have a garden. Uh, so I remember being in the garden and seeing all the community around, all my neighbors around, they were like on the windows playing music. And I kind of, that moment for me was quite good. Um, afterwards, it was a bit more tricky because I kind of developed this idea of being on the street is kind of illegal yeah somehow um and, and it was a bit, a bit of a weird moment and then regarding creativity obviously not being able to get out and and on the on the street seeing people going to trip to inspiration trips and to to material fairs um it was more constrained because everything was through the computer um i get to 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 find many tumblers and, and websites that I would never find without the time. But but I, I was missing kind of this experience and especially seeing people and because how people wear and, and use the products, it really inspired and drives my my way of creating. That was a bit kind of a mixed, mixed feelings uh, moment. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know it, it was, it's, I mean, still people are still recovering. It's a very tough time post um pandemic as well so and i totally get it as as long as you have certain things it helps but if you're in a situation where you don't it's a lot harder so i appreciate you sharing that part of your journey with us um so next question so what is next for you i'm excited to see it because i know this stuff again audience i don't know what's coming i just know this stuff there's always stuff coming i just don't know it <laughs> But can you can you tell us a little bit, just little hints here and there, maybe? Uh, I mean, 
so far I'm gonna stay in Salomon. I really like the team and the product and uh, I the, the internal dynamics that we have. Yeah, I really really like them. So for sure I'm gonna stay here. Uh, currently I'm uh, circling the idea a little bit of of uh, sharing what I've learned. So maybe teaching okay. uh, will be something that could be very interesting. Um, because I think uh, the the job of CMF designer it hasn't been really appreciated and is now starting to be a bit more recognized. Yeah. And it could be very interesting to kind of help build this new generation of, of creatives. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, that's a little bit what I'm gonna uh, keep doing. Hopefully I, I will still colorize and choose, making some, uh, making some fun products for all of you. Uh, and keep telling stories. I think that's kind of my thing. Yes, absolutely. So what advice would you give an aspiring CMF designer? Let's see. (laughs) I have like so many, like I I would love to to tell so many things, but uh, I will say, I will say uh, keep, keep always your mind open because good idea can come from absolutely anywhere in the world um and uh, also like people constantly is going to teach you things and and this is a very important part of our job yeah. um keep humble i think that's something like always it doesn't matter where you are or where you come from just keep humble and work hard i think that's the most important and also go for it like Take your portfolio, go to a random school in France and then just go for it. Uh, believe in yourself because you have the talent. Uh, just that it. Keep humble, work hard and go for it. That's amazing. Take note, guys. Right there. Okay, so last question as we come to a close. Can you tell us one fun fact about yourself? Oh, my Lord. Um, <laughs> I am I am a very random, like very random person, honestly. Random um, we like that. <laughs> Random, like geeky. I have like uh, this geeky thing where the volume of my TV it cannot go higher than my age. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Random. Uh, I don't know. That's very random. And then another random fact is, I don't know. I have I have a blog, a Tumblr, where I store. I, I like of organizing all the images of my work right. by nuance okay. and I have this tumbler where I put them all and this kind of this madness of color images that go by gradient oh okay I need to check that out that sounds actually quite <laughs> interesting yeah it's still work in progress but uh yeah it's, it's a, a a very random thing that I do also which is uh I never stop with color I never stop well, again, it's part of your job, right? So I wouldn't expect <laughs> Well, Miriam, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today and finally to get you on the Imprint podcast. It's been amazing. Likewise. Thank you so much. I absolutely love what you do. I told you every time that I am a really big fan. Thank you. Thank you so much. Don't make me cry. <laughs> I will speak to you real soon. Take care. Bye. 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 Oh, 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 oh,